Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome into the sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman. Max Olson is with me. We've got Something great for you today, a special episode with Blake Lawrence and Adi Kunalik, co-founders of Open Doors, joining us. Their company in Nebraska Athletics on Tuesday announced a first-of-its-kind partnership called the Ready Now Program. Open Doors will be working with 650-plus Nebraska student-athletes to develop a valuation of their personal brands, then educate and assist the athletes on how to best position their brands, potentially for the ability ahead to profit upon their name, image, and likeness. Nebraska, as we've talked about on this show, has already shown itself to be ahead of the curve in the NIL game by working with football players in particular on their brands and personal logos. The announcement Tuesday takes that effort to a new level, one that figures to serve the Huskers well in recruiting while creating new opportunities for athletes and the chance for fans to engage with their school in unique ways. So with that, Blake, Adi, first of all, thanks for joining us and congratulations on all the success that you guys have had at Open Doors. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, I, I want to start, of course, by asking about the news from this week. Um, Blake, when did this partnership with Nebraska begin to come together? I know you've worked with them on other initiatives in the past, but this Ready Now program, when did this start to come together? And can you tell us about the process and some of the discussions that you had to get to this announcement? Absolutely. So we're sitting here in our conference room in Lincoln, Nebraska at Open Doors, and less than a week after Mark Emmert made a public statement about the NCAA's stance on pending changes to NIL policies, uh, Jared Lambrick from Nebraska football was sitting right at the end of the conference table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started to uh, fill up this whiteboard with details and, and information about what impacts name, image, and likeness value. What does it mean? Uh, where is this going? And you know, Adi and I and the team at Openers are in a unique position to answer those questions as we've spent nearly the last decade working with professional athletes and helping them understand the value of their name, image, and likeness and helping them create plans for themselves to increase that value. And then ultimately, because they're professional athletes and don't have any restrictions, to monetize that name, image, and likeness. So we were giving direct perspective of the last decade of experience working in the pro market. And then that, obviously, you got to strip away certain things when you're thinking about the collegiate sports space. But the fact that Jared and Nebraska football was in here less than a week after an official statement from the NCAA will show that uh, they were ready to move fast and be first. Yeah, Adi, I want to toss it to you here. I mean, how do you – it's easy to have that dialogue with Jared, I'm sure, because they they see you guys, you know, a block away from the the campus doing what you're doing. But when you all talk to universities across the country, kind of what's the elevator pitch for for, for any listener that doesn't know what Open Doors does about – what you guys are working on and kind of where you see this landscape heading. Yeah, I think the the elevator pitch, if, if I had to bring this to the, the Ready program and kind of combine it, it's that we basically look back at the last seven, eight years that we've been doing this and from uh, the, the marketplace model of connecting brands and athletes to the model of making it easier for universities to share content with alumni and then student athletes 
And taking all that knowledge and packaging it into one thing that, that we can really use to help universities kind of excel forward, that's what it really comes down to. And I think that outside of just the story of how it started is that for us, we were so, our, our first thing that we did was to figure out how we can monetize athletes in general. Because when we started Open Doors, in the endorsement world in 2012 was very much the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, uh, they were the guys that were getting the money. And what we saw, and I remember when I was in the NFL, is there was brands that wanted to work with me. I only had 5,000 followers, mm -hmm. but there was local brands that wanted to work with me. It's just that my agent wasn't, he wasn't going to pick up the phone because the same amount of time that it took for him to pick up a phone for a local sponsor, he would get way more money for some of his premier athletes. And we try to solve that problem. We're like, hey, there's influential, there's athletes on every single team that, that could benefit from their name and likeness. They just, the access is not there. And then the technology was really providing the reliability. And so for us, it was just like, this is the, the thing that we've been doing. So if I'm sitting there across uh, the, the, uh, the table of an AD, I'm saying like, hey, we know what this looks like. We know what it looks like in the early days. We know what it looks like as it materializes. And so... Being able to say we're packaging all that and, and saying for uh, for whatever the changes are going to be, which some of them we don't know what they're going to be yet, uh, we feel very confident uh, that we have uh, the, the most well-informed team and and kind of technology to be able to you know uh, prepare for it. Uh, you guys have been doing this since 2012, of course, former teammates at, at Nebraska, um, and and I've. You know, kind of, I followed this, and, and you know, one of the things that surprised me at the beginning a little bit, and I think surprises people when they learn about Open Doors, is that you guys have not been in the in the business of creating content for teams, for leagues, for schools, for college or pro athletes. It's all just been kind of serving as that conduit, that middleman to to get it into their hands in the best position to be able to to maximize how it's viewed by the public. Does does the Ready Now program? change that at all? Will you, do you, what, what will you guys do differently um, with this program from the model that you have put into play over the last seven or eight years? Yeah, I would say that, you know, Open Doors is a technology company, first and foremost. We provide technology to uh, the best marketers at all levels of sports so they can see their content published on the channels of the most influential people in sports, and that's the athletes, right? So we provide that technology and have built that. Uh, but along the way, you're collecting data and millions, if not billions of, of uh, different pieces of data that can help you understand what works and what doesn't from all levels of sports. And so if I would try and find an analogy of this Ready Now program, um, I would liken it to the last eight years we've been providing a, a weight room right, for uh, any of, the, of our partners in sports and providing uh, different workout machines, mm -hmm. right? And letting them run the program based on what they believe is going to be best. And honestly, when you are at Nebraska or you're at Texas or you're at UCF or Clemson, what success means to you in terms of social digital media may be different, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And that is why we've stayed away from saying, you know, being very prescriptive with what you yeah. should do. Mm -hmm. But there's now a new North Star, and that is name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. And there is a path towards name, image, and likeness that everyone that has never gone close to that path or doesn't know anything about it, they might want to bring somebody in that has spent, you know, again, nearly a decade doing it. So it's almost as if we're 
providing the workout routine and then equipping the strength coaches to know that this is how you win this game yeah. because this is a game and it's going to be the next decade mm-hmm. where every school is going to seek to find a way to help their student athletes win that game. And and I think that it's great to have a partner that knows what that North star and what that path looks like. It, it has to be exciting for both of y'all to, to finally see like ch- real changes coming. And when you have conversations with administrators, I'm sure over the years, the talk of monetizing things makes them very wary, a lot of hand wringing about what that would ever look like. Right. Yep. It seems like now and, and ready now is a great example of it. People are starting to realize, okay, this is happening. Mm-hmm. We can't change that. Now, how do we kind of get in front of it and, and, and own it? It must be exciting mm-hmm. to have the conversations and be able to actually talk openly about this stuff with them now. We it yeah. used to we had to transform our mark our message to the market. Mm-hmm. Remember when we sat down and we said, yeah. All right, we in twenty seventeen, about three years ago, um, we were you know, working with college athletic departments who mm-hmm. were using our technology to work with alumni and coaches and administrators, and they kept saying, Can we use this for student athletes? And at the time there was no uh, ruling on this. In fact, that content being provided to student athletes could be seen as a impermissible benefit, right? And <laughs> sure. so we had to sit yeah. down with all of our luck and say, hey, this is how schools want to use this. Is this okay? He said, wait, walk me through how this works again. The schools are helping provide a, a content to student athletes, which helps them learn a new skill of how to market themselves online. No one's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Everybody's growing. Like this is exactly what the NSA wants. Yeah. And so that gave us the green light to to allow student athletes into the this world. Mm-hmm. And so now Adi and I are sitting there saying we've spent a lot of time building up this uh, expertise as endorsement experts, understanding what NIL needs to look like to actually make mm-hmm. money as a pro athlete. And then all of a sudden, we got student athletes using our technology. So we had to, on the back end, build a wall. Mm-hmm. in a bubble around the student athlete experience to comply and make sure the NCA was happy with what we're doing. And then, then the marketing message had to transform completely. Uh, but now it's back in play and, and we get to talk freely about what it means to build a, a presence that's worth uh, as much. And absolutely. And I think that we, we always knew from um, kind of like day one, if, if, if we ever got to the point we would have the most information about what works and what doesn't, right? Because right? mm-hmm. there, there could be technology out there that makes content accessible to athletes. I mean, there's different tools you can use for that. The difference between uh, open doors is that we, 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 we know the stuff that works when it comes to marketability, and we know the stuff that works with brand partners, mm-hmm. and we know the stuff that works uh, if athletes want to position themselves in a certain way. And so um, certainly, like, for us, it was like it is. It has been kind of a topic conversation, but some things you can't really control or change. You just kind of you know wait. So we were definitely uh, excited when uh, we heard that there's change coming. Yeah, I want to swing this back quick back to Jared and yep. talking to Jared Lambrecht because because talking to Jared Lambrecht for people who don't know is is like the next best thing to talking to Scott Frost. Right. Uh, Jared, Jared is he was Scott's high school center. Uh, in Wood River and has been his chief of staff from from day one um, with Scott a, a, as a head coach, both at UCF and at Nebraska. So what what you know, did, did he come into this office with an idea mm-hmm. of how he saw Nebraska using name, image and likeness to enhance its reach? Um, to 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 create opportunities for student athletes, or 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 was it more exploratory? What what was that like at the beginning when you talked to him? I would say that this is not an outlier um, for Jared, but uh, but for everyone that we've talked to in in our 
you know, nearly 80 college partners across the country is what they come in with and their expectations, understanding the future of NIL and what they leave with are, are different. And most of the national media has focused a hefty amount on the local car dealership paying guys to come sign autographs. And mm-hmm. God bless the local car dealerships that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, like, yeah, there won't be none of that. Yeah, there will be or, some of that. There will yeah. be some of that. And, and, but that's where the, um, the education on the scale and capacity for student athletes from the starting quarterback to the walk on uh, swimming and diving freshmen, mm-hmm. right? That the opportunities for the local endorsement deal, car dealership thing, there will be few and far between for that walk on student athlete on the swim team. But from a social media technology perspective, the whole digital aspect of this, you're more likely to see a student athlete streaming on Twitch than going anywhere near a car dealership. Mm-hmm. Right, you're more likely to see them monetizing YouTube than you are to see them signing autographs at the mall. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that, uh, when we have these conversations, that if there's going to be a stair step into the new reality of NIL monetization, it's going to start from the technology driven side of this. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where Jared, we sat right here and then started to walk through how everyone on the Nebraska football team stands to, to benefit and start answering that question versus how do our stars benefit? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a unique to Nebraska is that the life skills experience here is for every student athlete mm-hmm. on campus. Uh, and that was unique to hear Jared think about that too. And I think it's because he's a Nebraskan that knows that there are some folk heroes that are number 150 on the roster uh, but mm-hmm. have made a tremendous impact in the community, mm-hmm. uh, represent their hometown the right way, and can stand to benefit greatly with NIL changes. So so you have, I, I know one thing you guys have tracked over the years and you have plenty of data on is something that probably would surprise people. And that is that, you know, when Juju Smith-Schuster tweets out a video, mm-hmm. it gets way more engagement, mm-hmm. way more views than if the Pittsburgh Steelers tweet out of it. Is it is it interesting for you to have to explain that to people that because they probably see the University of Nebraska or whatever organization they are as we are the biggest brand, we bring everybody under our umbrella, mm-hmm. when in fact, if executed properly, the student athlete or, or the professional athlete can be way more impactful in that world. Yeah. I mean, remember those early days talking with Michigan and Clemson and really convincing them that the best people on the planet to tell their story of what it's like to be a Clemson Tiger would be a Clemson Tiger. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then you, you, we spent uh, a year convincing those early adopters that they should see what happens when you have that same content shared by DeAndre Hopkins, not Clemson. Mm-hmm. And then when they start to see the stats, say, wow, these guys do command a lot of attention. But this is a natural understanding yeah. that social media people follow people. Right. And mm-hmm. the engagement numbers don't lie with that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they were also like, if you think about it, at least for the universities, you sit there and you create amazing content, great videos, all this. Maybe you create an uh, incredible hype video um, and you're very limited to your own channels. What are you just going to share it over and over again? Like that, that really kind of uh, dims it down. So initially we're like your alumni have combined Let's say for Nebraska's top 50 alumni, probably 20, 30x what Nebraska's total following sure. is. Sure. Yeah. And so it was just like, they all love this content. This is an easy way to distribute that and both parties win. And so 
we had convictions about it, but then now to have a lot of the data starting coming in to prove that it is, you know, six X to 10 X, uh, that's when everybody else started to be like, Oh crap, like yeah. this is a real thing. And I remember there's, I, you know, I love analogies, so I'll just keep going with them, but you've heard, you guys have heard that athletics is the front porch, front porch. right? Sure. To the, the entire university. And if athletics is the front porch, then student athletes are the dudes run around the front yard, right? <laughs> and like you can judge the yeah. hell out of somebody's house mm-hmm. by what the hell is on their front lawn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. More so than their front porch, right? You know, and that's the thing is that if, if the schools can work together to say, here's what it's like to represent our university out there, and here's how you're going to look in the front yard, run around at, you know, still have your freedom, still have your power, but let's, let's help coach and like provide skills that these guys can use well beyond their time on campus. So yeah. it's important that the house is in order. And this is the student athlete in this social media era is the most important advocate for a university, mm-hmm. uh, not just the athletic department, for a university. Mm-hmm. And therefore, teaming up with those student athletes to help uh, craft, curate, educate on the right message to share with the market is critical. Mm-hmm. That's, your, that's one of your best analogies. Uh, the front lawn, the, <laughs> yeah, the dudes running it. around the front lawn. Yeah. I, I'm going to remember that the next time I hear like a chancellor or a university president yeah. uh, talking about the importance of athletics and go to the go to the front porch uh, description. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the student athletes. So, yeah. So, so so what? One of the things about Ready Now that was really striking from the announcement was the word valuation of a brand or the words valuation of a brand. How do you go about placing a valuation? Like, is it a dollar number on a student athlete's brand? Um. The dollar aspect is something that is, uh, rel- is, is figurative, if you will. Um, and what you're trying to answer the question is, if this person were a professional athlete right now, mm-hmm. what could they command in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just trying to answer that question. We're not trying to say how much would this person command right now in the marketplace so I just want to get that out there. That's not what we're doing, okay. but you understand what we're doing. So we're the, not talking about Adrian Martinez's brand. We're talking about just some guy we're who saying has 42.7 thousand Twitter followers. And, yeah. and here's yeah. my favorite part about name, image, and likeness and the future of it is it, there are ways to look at if you blur out the name and the profile photo, mm-hmm. you could say based on all of these stats, the name, image, and likeness value of the person who owns this channel, doesn't matter who it is, is blank, mm-hmm. right? It's this, this sure. is the number. And then you, oh, let's reveal behind door number one, who is it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, behind door number two, it's Adrian Martinez. The numbers are going to show you mm-hmm. the, the, what the value is. It doesn't matter who the person, then that's the best so, part so. about the technology is that th- that can't be done in the physical world no. right but in the digital world you can actually use uh, a decade worth of data real marketplace data answering the question how much do today's pro athletes make based on all of these factors mm-hmm. and then apply that to the next level down and that's the one thing that you can show as a common thread between the collegiate sports and the pro sports model yeah. is that all of them are using this right so this is the one thing we compare we can't do the same thing with appearances or autograph signings or uh photo shoots video shoots video game licensing rights they're they're they're, too subjective that's that's the the biggest issue is that this is the only model that brings fairness for every athlete Mm -hmm. so your time investment so the 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 school can't say hey we're, we're providing adrian martinez with opportunities uh listen the track athlete on the team can be if, if not more influential than him, if they're investing in their channel right. and right? their name, image, and likeness, and their name, image, image right. and likeness, and so I think for that's the I think that's the biggest cross, and what a lot of people misperceive is just like if you if you look back, if you just break it all down, 
the agent community is sometimes what, what puts a value on a pro athlete. Right. If you reach out to uh, CAA right now and you ask to get a post from Dwayne Wade, they will they will look at his social media, but they will also put a premium on that because it's what they interpret the value of his right. his post would be. And that comes with a lot of subjectivity, right? And mm-hmm. what um, what we know to be true is that at, it, 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 the, the fairness piece of this so that every athlete has the same opportunity is going to come down to the, the channels that you own. Mm-hmm. And so that is what kind of – because something that we also hear in our space, sometimes you'll work with a brand where like the, the brand mm-hmm. owner or decision maker falls in love with a name. Not with the effectiveness of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And we have to say, hey – I understand that your daughter loves this athlete. And if you have all the money to spend, then go ahead, work with this athlete. But if you want the campaign to be successful, I would recommend that you work with these athletes. And I think if you can visualize it, it's one of those things where what a pro athlete receives in compensation for their endorsement deals, if that's a line, their name, image, likeness, rights, value is either above that line Mm -hmm. or below that line. It is really the line. Mm-hmm. And the truth is like that, that variance is what's going to break the college, collegiate sports model mm-hmm. is if you're allowed any degree of variance beyond the actual NIL rights value, then you're creating a uh, opportunity for bad actors to come in and leverage this NIL compensation mm-hmm. as a way to uh, above board use a pay for play type model to compensate athletes. So this is now we're <laughs> blending this conversation about what the future may look like, but I think it, right. it weighs heavy on the mind is, uh, there's 10 months to figure this out. Mm-hmm. All right. And so who's going to do it? That's a great question. Well, and that, you know, it, it is, that's a, I'm, I'm glad you point that out because we talk about this stuff as if, Oh, this is impending. Right. But we also know it's the NCAA. So we know that, and they're, we also know they're having to kind of be forced into and rush into mm-hmm. this change. So what does that ultimate compromise look like? I, none of us can probably say today, but I want to ask you about, because because you we kind of go down that road a little bit, I, you know a lot of people already ask you or, or will start to ask you, okay, tell us what Trevor Lawrence is worth or what's Tua worth or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But but for you guys and your experience, I, I'm sure you can speak practically. What how do you sort of see the future for the starting linebacker or the starting place kicker mm-hmm. on a football team in terms of? what they can do to leverage this and in or or maybe a better way to put it if y'all were playing today Mm -hmm. knowing what you know kind of how you would approach it from the positions you play i I mean obviously i would make way more money than audi (laughs) canalic kickers aren't gonna get just anything in this no uh You have to you, actually play. You may, re- you may I, respond to that. Listen, yeah. listen. First of all, you have to actually yeah, play in a game yeah. to to get. Some- you know what's crazy is like when the kicker's on the field. That that means the game literally. There's nothing is happening. You walk out there. You put a ball on the field. <laughs> okay. You kick it. The clock doesn't even run, dude. Like okay, you're so not even you the on best, the field. Were you the best in the country in 2010 or no? Uh, okay, thanks. I appreciate uh, con- that. You know, oh, um, concussions. Audi. They ended, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So no, I, if, if, well, if there's a fun way to answer that one. And I've told Blake this too, is I am super jealous that video was not as prevalent when we were playing. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's seen me do the craziest trick shots, kicking a ball. Oh, yeah. And that we just never recorded. I'd be like, hey, dude, check this out. 
Making 70 yarders. Yeah, like, just like with a one step. And kick. so when I, when I see kick, like kickers now, like at Sports Center will cover, like, oh, this kicker hit a 60 yarder or something. And I'm just like, I shake my head. I'm like, are you kidding me? You this would have been going viral every or, week. You, oh, are you? Yeah. Like, you see this like, we, we probably would have just, just done made trick shots. Or, <laughs> so, like, so, like, a few years later, you see, like, dude perfect, and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is so, so I feel like, so I, so I think there's a, again, there's a, there's a fun answer to it. I've got a real answer that I think the market needs to understand this and think about it um, is that because we understand the digital side of this, right? The physical promotion side of name, image, and likeness use, the physical product, digital product, like those things are uh, pretty set in stone, moved by, you know, big, big movers and shakers in the space. But this digital side is the most, uh, the newest form of NIL rights. And what I'm talking about is athletes promoting products on Instagram, on Twitter. They're they're monetizing a YouTube channel, that sort of thing, right? And so I'll give you a real example just for for comparison sake. But there is a, a kicker, and and this yeah. is ironic. It is a kicker that um, made a decision to step away from uh, being an NCAA kicker because they were monetizing YouTube. And instead of um, taking down their YouTube channel to maintain their eligibility, they decided to walk away from the NCA. Right. And at that time, um, this person was making close to $10,000 a month. Oh, wow. Off of YouTube ads. Off YouTube ads. That's mm-hmm. a kicker. Now, imagine what a beastly linebacker would make, you know? Cause, a healthy beastly yeah, linebacker. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. But, the, but I think when you think about things like that, that's most people's reactions like, whoa, what? Right? I had no idea. That's how much you can make doing this? 100%. You know who knows that better than anyone on campus? The student-athletes know that. Mm -hmm. Because these student-athletes that are on campus right now, right across the street, they know someone that is their age that's making $10,000 a month as a creator, a YouTuber, a star, a Twitch streamer. Mm -hmm. Right? They don't know anyone that has ever gotten paid to do a commercial photo shoot or an autograph signing at a car dealership. They don't know that person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right? they are consuming that content. They're enjoying mm-hmm. that content. So they know they want to be part of that. They know what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that that's why that's the first foray into NIL rights. And, and uh, we believe it's going to be heavily centered on social digital technology. Because yeah. if you have Internet in Manhattan, Kansas, and Internet in Manhattan Beach, no matter what position you play, what sport you play, you have the same opportunity to build your NIL value and monetize it. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, this thing is is like the train is down the tracks as far as um, what we're moving toward with social media and with NIL. And yet um, Nebraska being an exception here or seemingly an exception in in embracing this, um, there are voices from other corners of college sports who would like to see this go away. Who would like to see, you know, social media, you know, not be prevalent among uh, among student athletes who, you know, who don't want anything to do with there's N- a, with there's NIL. A football coach at Iowa. Who yeah, we're not. Want his right, 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 no, we're right, talking about Iowa right, real quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so no, it doesn't need to be about Iowa. I mean, okay, we're, yeah. but because there, there's there's others. The Clemson, um, Davos, Sweeney yeah, yeah. tells them to turn it off. Right. So, I mean, Correct. and, and yeah, some people are just scared of what NIL is going to do. So, you know, what do you make of that of that um, attitude? Yeah. So one thing I want to say is social media and, and, and like an investment in understanding your name, image, and likeness is not meant to be a distraction from what you're doing on the field. Like at nothing. It, this is all about making you understand the power of you being 
an active person on social because it's going to help you as a professional. You go to school to learn. To learn. Like, it's an right? education so, thing. Think about that. Like, this, is, this, is, this is what happens when a student – if I think about anything that I got from Nebraska, I got my education. I got to play football. I got to meet this guy. I don't know why, why that's <laughs> that, even that's in there. Win, yeah. that, that was the disadvantage. Um, <laughs> but, but no, seriously, like the things that I got is I got a, a, a four years of leverage. In this community, yep. I had an N on my helmet mm-hmm. and I had a brand. Now, that brand, right after I graduated, it started to kind of taper away a little bit, right? But everybody that I met that was close to when I played locally, when we first started agent, people wanted to, they wanted to talk to us. That is, now, I started investing in my social media brand. And when we say investing in your social, it's literally just that you're at, that you, you are, have a page. You have a page yeah. and you're talking to people and, and you're personal and you, you have a LinkedIn page. You, have, you just have to have a photo up so people know who you are. That's what every student athlete is being taught in fresh media that doesn't, that doesn't play for sports. Yeah, it doesn't even matter about that. If you're just a student at the university, they're telling you get a LinkedIn page. Yeah. So why should an athlete be treated any differently? Right. That's, yeah. that's what I say to people who are like, hey, Social media, they should focus. No, no, no. We're saying no. Continue to focus. Listen, the best way to get a following on social media is be good on the field. Yeah, there's no secret. There's no secret. You can can post more videos. You can do all this crap. But like if you are good on the field, you're going to get a following. But the other side of this is that you as a professional, you have an advantage because you're playing sports at that university. So it would help you. To yeah. at least understand that and invest in that. You should, uh, so, guys, I was I spent this last weekend in in Arizona with Trevor Bauer and uh, his company Momentum, which is a media company for MLB players, and then with the MLBPA and sitting on stage with Archie Bradley and talking to a room full of MLB players and agents about social media, about what we're bringing. So, the same level of, of focus and conversation. This is tangent that we're providing that room. The freshman walk-on soccer player at Nebraska is going to get through this program. I want to emphasize like that's important that that's the type of quality that they're going to get. Now, I, I said this thing, Odds, and I'm telling you, I was dang when I said this, I got to tell Audie I said this because it sounds cool, right? But when um, <laughs> I'm sitting there, you know, having dinner with Trevor Bauer, and he does a segment Bauer bites, and I'm like, you know, when you are finished with your career, right, you're going to have two numbers that matter: the number. Uh, in your bank account and the number in your follower count, right? Right. Because that's all you can take with you. Once the game is gone, you got the bank account and the follower count. And if you're a student athlete, you only have one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the follower count. And because I was fortunate to play three years, but thank goodness I found Twitter mm-hmm. before my career was over because mm-hmm. I developed a thousand followers before I left campus. I mean, Max, you probably been following me for. 10 years, you right? Know, that's thing, funny. Man. So I went back and looked at this case. You right. and I sat down and talked April of 2010, and you told me about all the things you're doing, including your new business called My Twitter Diary. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I was literally... And that was many, many, many iterations ago. Yeah. But it's you taking an interest in it Jeez, and saying there yeah. must be some way to monetize this. Mm-hmm. Well, because again, you can't play in front of those fans another time, right? right. Every student athlete has their last game, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes they know when it's coming, sometimes they don't. But from that point forward, you can't step on the field once again. So what you got to do is find a way to step in the feed. Mm-hmm. You know, you like that? It's good. It's good. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there, there's like a whole generation that, that came before you and even guys that played with you yeah. who are like, you know, do it, do it on the field. Um, you know, the, the, these kids today, it's the look at me generation. You know, we don't want to hear about, 
your followers. We don't want to hear, you know, about your cool content. We want to see you go, well, okay, go I'll, win I'll, on the field. I'll, I'll give you right. an example yeah. of this because yeah. I was talking about this with Mitch a week ago. Okay. Like I, I think the videos, for example, that Nebraska has done for Cam Taylor Britt or their players where it's a highlight video, it's a logo, it, the, they share it. Yeah. I think the, the quality of them is terrific, but I'm sure there's probably some fans who look at that and say, well, Cam Taylor Britt hasn't been an All Big Ten player yet. Yeah, he's only so, he's right. only briefly been here. Like, yeah, why right. are we hyping kids up? So, how do you reconcile that? Done anything? This, this is you know what, what I would say to them. Um, the people that care are the ones that are trying to go to Nebraska. The yeah. kids that you're trying to recruit are going to yeah, care right. about that. For sure. When you're yeah. 17 or 18, you <laughs> can't. All that matters. You don't have any idea of what the world is like. Right. No mm-hmm. idea. So. If you want to get the best players, you gotta you gotta sell, man. So you gotta make like, it cool to them. You right. gotta make it cool, and th- so that video is not about him. Right. It's it's literally it's not about him at all. It is about a recruit that's gonna go to Nebraska because they're like, if I go there, they're gonna make a video. When they get on campus, stop making videos for that kid because that's when you have to play. But those are some of those things. It's like yeah. you have to rec- you have to play the game. That, that's the biggest thing I say to anyone that's like stuck in the past is like. You have to. Alabama wins. Ohio State wins. They win because they 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 recruiting is at the forefront, right? Like, and so you have to play the game. Yeah. That's. I I mean, this last decade. Let's go back ten years, yeah. right? And you would say that ten years ago, Nebraska probably uh, got the Twitter.com slash Huskers and Facebook.com. Like, and I was like, well, let's try this out. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens when we, uh, you know, let our fans in on what's going on in Nebraska athletics through these social media channels, not just Huskers.com, but through Twitter. Mm-hmm. And along the way, Nebraska hasn't won all of their games, right? Mm-hmm. But you still go to this place to connect with your favorite. Uh, team, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about the athlete experience, it's the same thing. If you are complaining about what you saw an athlete post, guess what? You saw what an athlete posted, and that is what matters to the future. So this next decade is getting this entire sports fandom to realize that by participating, by consuming content from their favorite athlete, they're actually supporting their favorite athlete, mm-hmm. right? And so if they do not want to see athletes do that, they're almost saying, I do not want to help the student athletes win while they're playing for my favorite team. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy concept, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a it's a fair point. I, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know from from studying this space for the last ten years that in college football, everything's an arms race, right? Mm-hmm. And so you saw a couple of years ago, a few programs were really elite when it came to social media, and everyone else said we've got to hire people and mm-hmm. catch up in that. Correct. Right? 100%. So what's it been like for y'all just in the last twenty four hours? When Ready Now comes out, and you've probably got schools blowing you up saying, yeah. well, wait a minute, what are you going to do for us? Yeah, there, that is uh, inbound inquiries right now. Are at, at a, uh, That's a very professional way to put it. I like that. Yeah, uh, all-time high. I mean, but this is one of those things that we I, – I am so proud to say that this is not a check-the-box thing. Like, imagine when weight rooms were uh, in vogue – I don't know when 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 were the first weight rooms coming around Nebraska. I keep I need a, a 60s, 70s in the 70s. 70s yeah. Yeah. So 70s they yeah. pop up, right? And now everyone across the country is like, "Oh shoot, I we need to build room. a weight room." Mm-hmm. And like what's interesting about that is the weight room doesn't win the game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's about the program that is being operated within that weight room. That's what wins the game. And so right now there's going to be 
I, if anything, we want to help people build a program, mm-hmm. not build a weight room, right. you know, and because there is going to be platforms out there that say they can do this or that. And it's like a check the box. We have a weight room, you know, and you can go in there and lift whenever you want and with no goal in mind. Mm-hmm. But that's why the ready program is, is not, it's like building the weight room, having the machines ready to operate and a plan for every person that's on the, on the roster. Mm-hmm. So what's it going to look like for you guys for open doors to work with these 650 plus student athletes? I mean, you don't have enough people in this office to have like everybody in here. Do do you do seminars like team wide, um, multiple teams? We have individual meetings with players. Who's doing that? I mean, is it it you guys, the president and CEO, or do you have like a staff that's going to do this? What's it going to look like? Well, it's, uh, yeah, technology is a hell of a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of what we've been able to build here to provide uh, custom and customized insights to 650 student athletes. As soon as we have their names, then the software does arrest, right? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. something that is something that we can do because we've got a decade again of those that data uh, stored up that we can take one profile, run it across what what we've seen in the past, and, and kick out some real valuations, some real understanding of where there's gaps and opportunities for growth. And so the assessment phase is one of those things that, again, the technology and the data combination is what puts us ahead of the game in terms of the proprietary approach. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about actually implementing this thing on campus at Nebraska, you're the first phase. Once the assessment is complete is an education session with every student athlete. So Mm -hmm. every six fifty in a room, right. And having a conversation about what is NIL, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Examples of what we've seen at the next level, like going through each one of those things and, uh, you know, a 60 to 90 minute session. And then from there, there's a, a breakout session where we run workshops with a group of athletes and they're grouped not based on sport. They're, they're grouped based on characteristics mm-hmm. of their personal brand, mm-hmm. right? And where, where they're from, what they've demonstrated. And it's one of those things that when you're able to get all the weird kickers in a room, they are different than the linebackers or the wide receivers, right? Always the kick- we, they, we, they don't, hey, they don't have We've got kickers. like nine kickers. Uh, yeah, we have zero. But one day, day, one day they have I'll nine, the next day they have zero. <laughs> yeah, you would be in that room. But I would, so, um, but those breakout sessions are where uh, our team is going one-on-one at, with each and breaking down their report card, their assessment, their valuation. They're helping them understand how to do, set things up the right way, how to look the right way, um, not to, to give away all the secret sauce, but those sessions are where um, this really separates itself from anything else you'd, you'd see across the country, plus mm-hmm. the, the proprietary data and technology to even get the assessment in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right, So... Um, for other programs that are looking to repeat something like this, they would have to find somebody that has a decade worth of, of uh, primary say, data yeah. on transactions between professional athletes and sponsors and activating NIL rights. Mm-hmm. So they could find a solution, another one in the market 10 years from now, mm-hmm. or they could call us. Mm-hmm. That is not a sales pitch, but it sounded like one, didn't it? Yeah, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty smooth. What, what I, I'm sure you guys look forward to the day when this door is kind of officially unlocked, but what do you, I mean, what do you think that's going to look like? Because, you know, some programs I'm sure from today forward are looking at it and saying, let's get a plan together. Let's get a staff together. And there's probably going to be some who, you know, read the story on Tuesday of ready now and say, Oh yeah, I guess that's the thing people are doing now. Right. So what do you think? Cause I think probably a lot of administrators probably think fearfully about Mm -hmm. the day they when, did. you know, some sort of wild west of money exchanging hands and stuff. What do you think this, you know, 
What do you think this will actually look like when when NIL benefits are okay? Yeah, I think that there is just in general, and, and Blake, you can add to this too, but I think in general, uh, administrators, ADs, whoever it may be, even coaches, have mixed feelings about social media. Let's just start there. Okay. And... Cause just cause that could be a distraction, whatever. I mean, anything that's like, Hey, you're not focused on sports. Like, what are you doing? That, that is a thing. Right. Um, and then I think that you layer NIL on top of that. That's even crazier because I think the, where your brain goes is what Blake said earlier is the car dealership for whatever reason, it's the <laughs> signing at a car dealership. Right. And yeah. I've said that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, right. that's, no, that, that's easy, literally, though. it's easy and it's, and it's frustrating because honestly, like, 20 years ago, that's, that's the only way that was the only right. way that you do it. And so yeah. I think what, what we, what I would like, if I had to, if I got an opportunity to talk to every AD is I would just be like, Hey, um, calm down. Um, it, it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but preparation and having being informed on it the right way is very important. Cause if the, when the rule officially changes, right. And it hits, you want to have something that you can go to your student athletes with the next day and say, Hey guys, we understand what's happening. You, maybe you don't have anything fully baked in and implemented, but completely staying away from it, that seems even scarier. Then you're caught holding nothing, yeah. right, as soon as the rules change. So it's, that's why the ready program is titled accordingly, is yeah. just getting ready for that. Have you guys talked to Bill Moose? Oh, yeah, yeah lunch with him yesterday. <laughs> I, had, I had lunch with him yesterday and then uh, two weeks ago uh, yeah. before that. So yep. um, he's, 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 I'll say what, the, what I'll say about Bill about this is um, – um, he's he's definitely somebody who understands the importance of NIL and um, just the impact it can have on college sports in general. But um, uh, I think he, he's excited about being able to bring this to the to the program. And um, uh, you know, I joke with him that it was important for Blake and I, obviously as former uh, Huskers, that that Nebraska is the first because we've had. Where we, yeah, there are 15 other schools that have been invited to this program. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we are in the process of of uh, having those conversations, right? Yeah. Uh, Nebraska being first meant a lot to us, mm-hmm. meant a lot to Nebraska, mm-hmm. but they're not the last. And that, mm-hmm. and I think that Bill and, and Scott have, have respected that, and mm-hmm. Garrett Classy and, and Brandon Meyer over mm-hmm. at the athletic department, they know that. Um, a successful open source is a, is a good thing for Nebraska for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, just as they look to help the student athletes, they look to help their alumni. Mm-hmm. And this is a combination of those two things. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that on the Nebraska end of it. On Monday, Scott Frost, who seemed like last season he was against these kind of things, clearly has come around. He said there are a few places where you can capitalize on this quite like Nebraska. Right. What, what do you do in your vision of this? Do mm-hmm. you think this is businesses just lining up when that day comes to get involved with this? Or what do you think the actual opportunity it, is when it comes to this, this fan base and um, you know, just sort of how to, how to leverage all that at, at Nebraska, there will be 650 of the most beloved individuals in this state that will hit the market for the first time with built in demand. Mm-hmm. Right and support and people. There's 146 sponsors in Nebraska athletics. It's one of the top five sponsorship markets in the country every single year. Mm-hmm. Learfield IMG loves this place because the sponsors love this place, the fans love this place. Everybody wins, even when the team doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Right, and for that reason, there is going to be uh, day one demand for access to student athletes. No and pro those, teams. No right. The relationships are there. With. Yeah, and I would say, like, I'll give you 
real data. These are recently graduated alumni numbers and, and national superstar numbers. Um, but we had an opportunity. I might have talked to you about this before, Mitch. But um, when Burger King comes to Open Doors and they spend $15,000 on a, a current NFL superstar, I'm talking about a, a Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. for him to tweet one time about Burger King, right? And then Runza comes and pays Jack Gangwish a hundred dollars to tweet about Runza. Fifteen thousand dollars here, a hundred dollars here. Jack Gangwish drove three times the engagement on his one hundred dollar post for Runza than a Super Bowl MVP did for his post for Burger King. Wow. That is a crazy concept that the marketing power of Jack Gangwish was three times stronger than a Super Bowl MVP. That shows you what happens behind the scenes on these things. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the earning potential and the power, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to throw it right back at you. I, I want to know what you actually think is going to happen. How big is this market? How much money? Am I getting off topic here? No, but I want to go no. right back at you. Yeah. Like how much dollars are going to flow in the pockets of student athletes, not just in Nebraska, but across the country in, in 2021? That's a it's a terrific question because I just it's hard. I mean, you know, it, while you have the professional context, mm-hmm. we just don't really have any precedent for what this looks like. And while I want to <laughs> ask you because there there is a part I, of that. Though. I wish we had I wish we had ten years of data on that. Oh yeah, yeah. no right. <laughs> um, well, but but there is you it, will I'm, in ten years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm also I'm sure that throughout you have always told people that one of the key elements to all this is authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And so, do you? Do, I'm sure. It, it like we could have a day here where it's like Adrian Martinez is suddenly shilling for Fairbury brand hot dogs on his Twitter account constantly, right? right. Like there's probably going to be some people who see that and say like eh, I'm kind of tired of this, right? Yeah. Like th- there isn't there some like part of the the strategy of this is not just make as much money, right? But to also do it in a way where people see it and say, yeah. oh, okay, well, if it helps that, support that's pretty athletics, cool. Yeah, here, I'll give you an example. I think that this is just the personal opinion. I think that people um, see everything that they don't understand in extremes. Sure. Right? So, it, oh, athletes are going to start tweeting about Fairbury hot dogs every single day. It's like, are you serious? Every day. <laughs> First of all, Fairbury hot dogs would have to have a lot, a lot of money, money yeah. to be able to do every that. Every day. Listen, the, the, when we first got going with this, when we were trying to champion that, that uh, a brand should work with athletes that aren't Peyton Manning, Everyone was like, well, what if, what if, the, if the whole world, what if every athlete is just always talking about brands? I'm like, what if? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What kind of world? Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know how much money would need to be spent, though? Your favorite your favorite people are, are making money. Like, are we mad about this? I yeah. mean, this is like a, so, obviously. Yeah. Yes. You, you, uh, like, he's throwing tell, up his hands. You can, and you can, yes, you I can tell where we're coming from on this. So it's like everyone, that's why I always... It, if someone is talking in extremes about something they don't know about, it's because they literally don't understand let it. Me, let me uh, and, and, and to be clear, I don't ask this because I don't believe in you. No, no, I just I know no, you asked you the right had, question, but you, I know you've had a decade of devil's advocate it. questions. Oh, you've had to answer. I'm ready for it. So, like, this is the deal. So, we analyzed 36,061 posts of branded content on Instagram in 2019. Right, every single piece of branded content by every pro sports team, pro league, and athlete in those leagues. Right to understand the trends, who's paying the most money to people to post on Instagram? Right, there the one the top athlete shared ninety three pieces of branded content last year. Right, ninety three, which would be two a week, uh, you know, on average. Right, and mm-hmm. 
that was less than 10% of all of his content. So that means one out of 10 times you see a post. And that person, that's Leo Messi. Side note, do you know how much Leo Messi gets paid for one Instagram post? What is it? One million dollars. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're not going to have much Leo Messi's in the collegiate sports space. And there's definitely going to be a cap to how much you can pay for a post. Otherwise, that'd be a scary world. But um, those are the things that if that's the most active athlete and branded content on the planet and it was only two a week 10 percent of his content so you're not going to see this overloading flow of of, of uh of surplus right on the back end someone needs to pay for it that's why you're not going to see it and that's, the, that's like the same thing is like it are there going to be posts just this is like in uh there's good advertising and there's bad advertising just like there's good marketing and bad marketing yes you might scroll across a post where you're like why why this athlete do it mm-hmm. like completely and you're going to have those people. That's yeah. going to be reality. But then every now and then you're going to be like, you're going to see an athlete work with a brand. And like, that makes sense. The stuff that he talks about all the time is what this brand represents. Right. He now has an opportunity to work with them. And that's a cool thing. Like everybody wins. Yeah. So yeah. we will continue to evolve and, and see that world uh, become more. And I, I'll be honest right now, like a, a, a post between an athlete and a brand is, uh, this is super subjective on my end, but like, Way better than me going on Instagram and seeing an influencer post about fit tea 10 times a day because that's what they do. They wake up <laughs> right. in the morning and they post right. about that. Yeah. They're not playing a sport. They're not catching a touchdown on, on Saturday yeah. or those are those are just different worlds. Athletes promoting products have been part of our culture for 100 years, mm-hmm. right? The, the most the first ambassador for products was Babe Ruth talking about whatever the you know, he wanted tobacco back in the day, right? But that's part of society. Your your friend down the street with the 100 followers talking about the tea that she's on the <laughs> fitness routine. And getting a twenty percent off discount, like it to know it, like that. <laughs> hey, but God bless them, though. Dude, they're right. Everyone's business. making money on this thing, but it's more natural to see an athlete promoting a product than literally anyone else, other than Jennifer Aniston. I mean, it's just pretty fun to watch promote products. Okay. Side note. That's cool. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, it's it's easy for us to talk about. Oh, what's it mean for football? Do you, I'm sure that's part of the conversation with Bill Moose and and with everybody else's. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you what do you honestly think this looks like for the rest of the sports for 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 Husker athletics? It's about opportunity, right? So it is a, is that the same platforms, the same possibilities for the star quarterback and the captain at Nebraska is available to the the again the student athlete on the swim team, mm-hmm. right? And access is critical. Uh, fair playing field is going to be important for collegiate sports. So again, I think that there's earning potential across the board. I think there's going to be ways that perhaps the dollars go to everyone on yeah. campus, not just the star players. And it depends on how the NCAA would structure this. And um, But in the, the day, everyone has an opportunity to win, mm-hmm. right? Everyone has an opportunity to go to class and get an education. It, if you go, you learn, right? Mm-hmm. If you decide not to play the game, you don't go to class, you don't learn. And that's the thing is that you just have to make it available and allow each student athlete to truly, on their own, build their NIL value, manage their NIL value, and monetize it. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, people should have the choice, right? Like, we're not uh, – I think that if, if we were doing this – Think about on our team, dude. Who on our team back in 2008, 2009, who, who, who do you know would not give a shit? 
Oh, uh, dude, I know more people that wouldn't give a shit than I would know that would give a shit. I'm just thinking about, like, so guy, I, Ricky Henry is one of my favorite, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but Ricky he, he, could he, not he give not a care. hoot less, man. No, no, he wouldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you think there are, there are as many of those guys today who wouldn't care? I think there's, no. I think that today that these guys grew up, again, they know Different, somebody that's making thousands bit. of yeah. dollars by promoting products on their YouTube channel. Yeah. And, and um, I also, I also want to say this, this is why I, I want to kind of, point out that it's not a distraction is that you may see that you can make money through your social media channels, but it is still a skill set. Yeah, it's still hard. Right? To be a marketer, right? So we're we're gonna give people a choice. Like we're gonna show you best practices, but we're also not gonna tell you that you should be a you should become an influencer, right? Because that's a skill set. Now mm-hmm. you will benefit from having a presence online because guess what? If you have a LinkedIn profile, people can find you when people apply at Open Doors, if I if you don't have your link to your LinkedIn profile, I don't think you exist. Yeah. How do you in two twenty in a yeah. for a social media pl- a technology yeah. company try yeah. to apply without that? That yeah. makes you're not real. So mm-hmm. it's going back to like, hey, your name, image, and likeness can be powerful if you understand how to position it. Yeah. And this is not about you creating you know kicker videos and and whatnot like. I might have. I might well, have. That would have been cool, though. Yeah, it right, would have been cool. Watched, yes, I would have watched them all. All the videos, back to back. back, yes. back, back so yeah. this is there, there's ways to make money, but it, we're not saying that that's what every athlete should do. Yeah. Um, but there's value in it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, this uh, conversation could go on for another hour. I've but got. I've got. Come on, man. Sure, I, got, I got to get a straight answer out of you. There's five hundred thousand okay. student athletes. Five, <laughs> 500,000. Uh huh. How much money do you think is going to flow into the pockets of student athletes the moment, the, like the first year? Give me the You're first year. You're talking about year. money across the entire country and all student athletes. I need athletes. a total number. What do you, how do much you need money a calculator? Uh, I, I, well, 500,000 student athletes. Boy, I mean, it, well, it's obviously in the millions um, from day one. The, the interesting uh, thing is, I think right. 10 million. So that'd be, that'd be t- uh, $20 per student athlete. The, the interesting thing to me is I think it there's going to so be... So there's 20 bucks per. That's interesting, right? I, I think there's going to be a lot of trial and error on both sides of it, right? Because there are going to be brands that go down this road that probably shouldn't go down this road. It doesn't yes. make sense for them. Yes. It yeah. doesn't bring in customers for them. Yeah. But they'll pour money into it because it's a new opportunity. Yeah. There will also be student athletes right. who try to do it and are not very effective at doing it. Right. right? So... I think there may be more money into it now. How effective that is in the first year, yeah. I don't know. Do you think that there's a, a rash, like a reason Dorothy Lynch is the sponsor of Nebraska Athletics? Do you think they're looking for a return on investment, or do they re up every year because they support Nebraska Athletics? That's a great point. They, they, they don't. They probably don't have figures or that Valentino's say here's or what Runza Nebraska did for our salad sales this Valentino's year. is not going to give up that that sponsorship anytime just, soon. Just. Honestly, if if you ever want to have fun, actually look at like <laughs> dig into sponsorship value. <laughs> I mean, there's an entire industry on that, right? And it, most um, of it is tied to passion. Yeah. Okay. So, what is the number? Well, I mean, um, ten million is obviously too low. Well, it 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 just feels low when you say it's twenty bucks per two hundred yeah. bucks per. That's that's a hundred million dollars. Two thousand mm-hmm. is is a billion dollars. Wow. Right. And so if you think about it, there's $2,000 that uh, per student athlete, some, some will make 200000 some will make two, right? Mm-hmm. But if you could say that $2,000, what that, uh, uh, less than $200 a month, right? Uh, if you have a YouTube channel and you post a video and you're monetizing it and you get 25,000 views, that's $100 in, in revenue, right? If you get 50000 mm-hmm. that's $200, 
I just would urge you to go take a look at when a student athlete at Nebraska posts a video, just go look at the view count real quick. Yeah. And you're going to see it. It's in the hundreds of thousands of views. And that is where all of this gets really interesting that the numbers and the assumptions across the board uh, are oftentimes a, a lot lower than what we believe it can be based on what we've seen in a decade of tracking the data at the pro, pro sports level mm-hmm. and the sheer number of it is what makes it a really hard thing to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. Is it a small little thing here and there for every student-athlete turns into a billion-dollar market overnight? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, think, think it's going to be a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. It's going to be wild to see, and I'm sure on your end of it, it's going to be wild to uh, be one of the people that everyone is, is asking for help. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of value to be captured, and yeah. we're happy to be in a position where we can help. Yeah. All right, I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. Do it. Again, you guys, uh, in the time you've been in here, have been like gaining clients on your scoreboard. So uh, you probably have work, have work to do that you need to get back to. But, uh, as long as the numbers aren't going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us in today. Yeah, uh, great, great talking to both of you. And uh, you know, good luck with all of this. I hope uh, all of your uh, 15 schools on deck for Ready Now uh, sign up soon. Absolutely. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank, Thank you guys. guys.